hey hey what's up everybody it's your girl no mercy here it's tuesday night so you already know what time it is it's time for no punches pulled with no mercy some of you probably already know who i am for those of you that are new my name is brooke millbrook formerly known in the fight game as brooke no mercy deardorff i am a retired professional boxer held the wbc lightweight title until i retired and was inducted into the international women's boxing hall of fame in 2022 I've been through some good, some bad, and of course, a lot of BS in the sport of women's boxing, but this is my platform where we talk the talk and walk the walk. We bring out the truth in women's boxing. We're going to talk to pioneers, past boxers, current boxers, even future boxers, but we get down and dirty speaking the truth of what takes place behind the scenes in women's boxing. You don't want to miss a single show, so please make sure you guys like, subscribe, and you share. You don't want to miss a Tuesday night here with me and all the amazing guests we have on the show. But tonight we have a very special guest in the house. It's the legend of women's boxing in the building, Christy Martin. Christy shattered barriers and blazed a path for all female fighters worldwide. Her journey is one of resilience and strength from her grueling battles in the ring to her surviving the unthinkable battles outside the ring. She is the most successful prominent female boxer in the world and one who legitimized women's participation in the sport for all of us female boxers. She started her pro career at the age of 21 in 1989. She was in the fight that create, <clears throat> uh, for that was known for putting women's boxing on the sports fan radar that took place on March 16, 1996 against Deirdre Gogarty. That fight was a war and a big bloodbath, as everybody remembers. Um, she was the first female boxer to appear on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh, she also was the first woman to sign with the, with the famous Don King. She faced the best fighters in her era. She got to fight on the undercards of Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, Felix Trinidad, Julio Cesar Chavez. She was also the first female boxer inducted into the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame in 2016 and among the first females ever to be inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame in 2020, making that her sixth induction into different Hall of Fames. But please welcome the truth, the coal miner's daughter, Christy Martin, to the show. Hey, What's Brooke. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you for coming. I'm so honored to finally have you on the show. Um, I know you're super busy, so I appreciate you finding time. Yeah, we've been, we've been trying to make it happen for a minute. I know. You know, we have been, um, it seems like everything happens at once, right? A lot, of, a lot of fights happening, um, a lot of domestic violence events. So, yeah. Here we are. Right, here right we are. Week before Nashville. We're coming week back before Nashville. So, yes, we'll see you again next Tuesday um, in flesh. So, that'll be nice. Uh, we'll be there for that one. Um, but so, starting off first, I know, take us back to like the beginning, your childhood a little bit. Um, growing up in West Virginia, I know you've spoken about things that you had to go through as a very young child that you shouldn't have to go through. Um, can you take us back and kind of just start us from the beginning? Hey, you know, I'm from, uh, I am truly a coal miner's daughter from a very small town in Southern West Virginia. Um, grew up just playing sports and I have all boy cousins. So I, I was out there, you know, playing football and basketball, baseball, whatever they were doing. I'm the oldest, but still was kind of like involved with whatever the boys were doing and um, just competitive. And my, my yeah. dad was an athlete. So I just, just learned growing up to, yeah. to be the best that you can be. And, and you have to work hard. 
you know, work hard to make anything happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Yeah. I grew up with two older brothers. Um, and obviously I was the youngest, but I was the only girl. So my mom didn't get the little girl that wore the bows and the dresses and all that. She had a little, I was a little tomboy then because I had brothers. I did, did whatever they did. I didn't, I just wanted to play with them. So yeah, but yeah, sports, sports, sports. That's really all it was. Um, you briefly spoke about um, when you were younger, some things that you went through when you were six um, with a family member of yours. I don't want, you don't have to like go too deeply into it, but I know that it helps. Um, some other fighters have talked about stuff like that and people have reached out how that stories has helped them um, deal and cope with things. Can you kind of touch a little bit on some stuff that you had to go through at that age? Yeah, it's just crazy. Um, like a cousin that was from North Carolina, you know, I'm living in West Virginia, uh, came to, to spend a few days at my house and, um, and just sexually abused me. And, um, at that time, I just, from that time until like four days before the trial with Jim Martin, I didn't tell it. I never told my parents, but I know that Jim Martin was kind of crazy and I was afraid he might say something in the trial. So that's when I told my mom and dad, um, I just kept it in. There were very few close people that knew, um, Jim Martin being one of them, but it was, it's just hard to imagine, you know, when you yeah. see a six-year-old person uh, walking around or playing that somebody would sexually molest this child or, yeah. child or somebody at that age. Yeah. And what's really sad to me is um, I would say almost half of the people I've interviewed have had that happen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's and that's what's really sad. Violence, you know, yeah. people just don't think. I don't know if they just don't think it happens or they don't think it happens to anyone they know. Yeah. Or, or, it, or they know. just don't want to think about it. So they kind of just, Oh, kind of like sweep it under the rug. Like it's not real. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, like uh, oh, this would never happen to my child or this would never happen in my family. Um, but it does. Yeah, absolutely. It does. And it's just so sad listening to the girls stories. There's several of them. Um, that have had that happen. And it's, it's just, it's really unthinkable to me um, that someone could even think to do that, let alone process it. I don't know, but um, it does help a lot of people hearing people that have gotten through it. So, um, you know, I appreciate you kind of speaking on it a little bit, but after that, doing the sports and all that in high school and everything, what actually led you to the sport of boxing? You know, it's kind of crazy because, um, I was always an athlete. I've always, always played basketball, um, baseball, whatever. And, and for whatever reason, I thought entering the tough man contest would, was a good idea. I'm in college and I'm thinking, um, it's just something I wanted to do. Yeah. And, and I have no explanation of why I wanted to do it. Um, but I, I had told the promoter a couple of times, come on, you should have women, you should have women. And, and of course they didn't. Yes. Yeah. One year, I find, I walk by the by the store, and there's a poster. First year, women added to the you know the tough man contest, and I'm right inside just to sign up and and ready to go. Um, again, I really have no explanation of why I thought this was a great idea, but I loved it. I I, I didn't know I was gonna love it, but um, when I entered into the tournament and was fortunate enough. To the first couple of fights were really were tough. The first fight was tough. No knockouts, no nothing. It was really kind of close. And um, I, I was able to win. 
the next night I knocked somebody out and like a big girl, she was big. She was like five, seven, five, eight yeah. and big, strong. And oh my God, like that just hooked me. There yeah. was nothing better to the, than, than this feeling. I mean, there's no better drug. There's no better anything. No. Than that's that great feeling of a knockout. Yeah. And it just, it just hooked me. Yeah. Well, couldn't wait for the back. Couldn't wait for the next year so I can do it again. Right. And that's funny. It's because I started kind of similar because I was in I was in the army um right after high school. But I went there was a bar that I worked at like part time, um, but they had fight nights there. Not really like fight nights, but like they had a ring like once a week and literally anybody in the bar could sign a waiver and fight anybody in the bar. So right. it was kind of it really was ridiculous if you think about it. But after like watching several of them, I'm like, well, I could do that. Right. And so I was like, yeah, I think I'm gonna do that. And people like, no, no. And so that's how I started is I started doing the fights at the, at the bar. I just signed a waiver and fight whoever in there wanted to fight. And so that's how I started. And then I started training after, but not necessarily the tough man contest, but something similar. I was just like, I could do that. That looks fun. Um, I'll fight that girl over there. Right. Right. <laughs> but, right. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but it's, it, and it really is the same thing. A tough man contest is just people off the street, you know, yeah. just go in there and, and see who, who they, you know, who's the toughest. And, who it uh, is. Yeah. yeah. I had never uh, been in a boxing gym. I had never, uh, I had of course watched boxing on TV, but yeah, never been in a gym, never thought about boxing it was like going to be my career, my life. And right. And, and like never in my wildest dreams. Yeah. That's, that's awesome though. I love that. Um, well, what was your first experience walking into a boxing gym like? I, I'm very sure you were the only female in the gym at that time. What was that experience like walking in a gym back then? Yeah, so my my actually the first boxing gym. I'm trying to think so I tell the truth. The first boxing gym I was in was was in Bristol, Tennessee. When I, I went in, and a promoter had called me and asked me to come down. He wanted me to to move down there and be trained. He had this trainer that that was excited about training me. And by this time, I've already had like six or seven pro fights. Still never been in a boxing gym. Now, tell me how crazy that is. Um, so it was Jim Martin was was the trainer. And I and, uh, walked in the gym. And, yeah, he definitely didn't want me to be in there. And then everybody, it's all guys in there. Uh, so I was a little out of place. And also you could feel, you know, you know when you're someplace you're not wanted. And I was definitely someplace I wasn't wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I don't think that happens too much anymore now, but yeah, back then it was, that's how it always was. You just yeah. had that eerie feeling of them just wanting to do whatever they could to get you out of there. Absolutely. They like you didn't belong for sure. Um, shortly after that, well, actually you were already pro at the time, but you turned pro in 1989 at the age of 21. Um, what made you decide after the tough man, tough man contest that you wanted to go pro? Again, it was one of those things. They called me, they offered me a fight. And um, I thought, the truth, very truth is, I thought this will be a great story someday to maybe tell my children or, you know, tell at a party or whatever um, that I had a pro fight. Again, never dreaming that I would have a real career. Right. Uh, so I thought, I'll go down, I'll do this once. I went down to Bristol, Tennessee, fought the promoter's girl and beat the crap out of her knocked her down and still it was a draw in a four-round fight yeah so i thought well this isn't a very good ending like it's it's not a really good story because i didn't win i didn't lose it was a draw 
Yeah. So I went back the next month and had a rematch with her in Johnson City, Tennessee, and and knocked her out. And and that feeling again of a this was a real knockout. And so, yeah, I was I was definitely at this point hooked. Yeah. So, yeah. I, again, not in a boxing gym, but I would run a little extra. I was playing basketball in college, but I, I would run a little extra. I actually put a heavy bag in my apartment and just tried to watch fights. And then I would see what fighters, how they moved and how they threw yeah. the punches and try to mimic that same movement Yeah, on the heavy bag. So just self-taught. I was trying to teach myself. I don't, I don't think I did a very good job. Let's but just I was turn trying. on some videos and see what we can learn. Yeah, I was trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Last Bell Boxing said, do you agree us here in the UK are trailblazers in terms of female boxing? Um, what a great job Eddie Hearn has done in launching Katie Taylor's career and gaining females big purses. I think Eddie Hearn has done a good job with getting getting females exposure and getting um, getting them better purses. I mean, I would absolutely. That. I mean, Eddie Hearn's building some from female fighters, and and you know what? Love him or hate him, Jake Paul's doing a wonderful thing for some fighters' careers as well, male yeah. and female, um, because so many people tune in to see Jake Paul. He's able to generate so much money. He can pay other fighters that are actually putting in hard work and have amateur careers and, and have kind of paid their dues to the sport. He's able to pay them. And, yeah. and you know, that's a, a, a marvelous thing. Actually, I have a young fighter that will be fighting on a Jake Paul promotion August 18th on the zone from Orlando. Nice. Um, it'll be the co-feature Benny Aguilar. Um, I'm, you know, we're excited and, and happy for the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like you said, love him or hate him, but he is doing things and, and for women's boxing too. I mean, he really is. Um, they wouldn't, I mean, Amanda Serrano wouldn't have made a million dollar purse if it was for Jake Paul. Absolutely. Period. I mean, that's really all there is to say about it. So, I mean, he's, he's helping, he's helping. Yes. Um, but, so you had, but, Speaking of you, you had so many great fights and knockouts before becoming the first female ever to sign with Don King in 1993. Um, tell us how you got connected with Don and what, what was it like working with him? Was he what everybody says that he is or was that just all talk? Um, so I got hooked up with Don King by Jesse Robinson, who was a trainer for King at the time. And we just you know happened to both be in Daytona. Jesse came into a gym. I was sparring, and they actually thought I was a guy. I had my I had long hair at the time, and my hair was up under my headgear. And um, yeah, they said, "No, that's Christy." And so he's like, "What?" And and you know, then we just started to build a relationship. And he that like that day or the next day, he said, "I'm going to take you to Don King." Remember, I'm from Southern West Virginia. I mean, small town. Sure, yeah. you take me to Don yeah, King. Right. And um, you know, it took some time. I actually, before I went to meet with Don King, I had gone up and fought at the palace for Jackie Callan and yeah. was a little talking back and forth with Jackie about maybe signing with her. But then the call came from Don King and I mean, it's Don King. It's Don King. Yeah. It's Don King. So uh, I went down, I met with them and, we, you know, just scared to death. I, I'm sitting across the table from Don King. He's, he's not only the biggest person in boxing at the time, but I mean, he's just a huge personality everybody in in all walks of life at that time knew don king yeah um, so it was very overwhelming and uh but i had a great ride with them 
I definitely got to uh, fight on awesome cards, see lots of the world on Don King's dime, meet a lot of great people, do a lot of media, a lot of fantastic things. Yeah. Uh, because of my boxing career and Don King. Yeah. To, actually, I still work with him today. He's 90, like 92 years old and, and I still help him out sometimes with some of the shows. Um, actually getting ready to try to sign a 14 and 0 uh, cruiserweight with him. So nice. We'll see if that works out. So, so he's, he's really a good guy. Like he's not like bad, like everybody says, you know, I, um, or it's, it's 50, 50. I, I think that you just have to be upfront with them. You know, yeah. part of him, I think part of his energy is yeah. he, he likes the part of the, the negotiation, the part of the hustle, the part of the, you know, if he can get over on you a little bit, of course he's going to, but that's like, that's, that's everybody. That's everybody in the boxing world, especially. Yeah. Um, so you just have to kind of watch your P's and Q's and be yeah. in your game. I, I don't, I, I don't have any problems or doubts with him. If he says he's yeah. going to pay me, he just, you know, pay me to run a show a couple years ago. And, and even Lisa said, don't you think you need a contract or something? I'm like, no, it's Don King. I mean, I know well, too much. you guys have that relationship now where yeah, I mean, yeah. you've, you've, he's earned your trust and you've right. earned your trust. So, I mean, yeah. you just got to, yeah. If you're honest with someone and you earn their trust, then you know, you got a good relationship. Yeah. Um, I do think though, it, it sucks a lot that it took the fight between you and Deidre Gogarty in 96 at the MGM Grand Las Vegas for women's boxing and you to become a media star. Um, you had done so much up to that point um, that they it took the bloodbath and the all that happened for them to really like give you the exposure. Um, you did win, win the unanimous decision, even though you were the one bleeding and everybody talked about the blood and everything. But can right. you tell us a little bit about the fight? I did interview. I'm sure you saw the clip because I saw you liked it. Um, Deidre talking about that a few weeks ago. But you tell us your thoughts on the fight, the outcome after and all the media attention and just what was that fight like? You know, it was just crazy. It was a great fight. Deirdre Gogarty is a tough ass. And, um, you know, I, I, I pretty much think we're friends, I hope. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. She had nothing but good to say. About yeah. I, uh, I have so much respect for her and, so, and love for her. I hope, uh, yeah, I hope everything positive is happening in her life. That, that night changed the world, you know, just changed the world of women's boxing and the way yeah. that people saw women's boxing and the fact that wow these women can fight yeah and i remember so many stories of like the big actors and rappers and this and that back in the green room and and when the fight was we first came into the ring like the guys were all walking to the back and they're getting drinks and they're not paying attention and then they said by like round number two they're pushing the women out of the way because the women were kind of watching hey these are women you know they're they're yeah. more interested um and then they're getting pushed to the back by the second round. And, and like, we just, we just hit it. You know, it was just, yeah. everybody tunes in that night to see all around the world, tune in to see Mike Tyson. And uh, we gave them a, one hell of a show. So they, they, they took, you know, stood up and took notice of women fights. And, yeah. Um, it was a, it was a crazy, it was a crazy ride after that. And it's really been a crazy ride ever since. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you outshined the main event with Mike Tyson that night. I, I mean, I think your fight was got a little bit more exposure than his at the time, not to take anything away from him because he's one of the greatest of all time. Um, what was it like fighting with Mike on Mike's cards? What's he like? You know what? The whole funny thing about it is 
at any point, at any point in my career, Mike Tyson could have stopped it. But he was supportive. And he's like, somebody said to him after the, the Gogarty fight on the Thunder Car with Bruno, Christy sold the show for me, Mike. And he said, he's like, good. You know, I don't care. I'm glad for her. Yeah. Uh, and she deserved it. So uh, he was a supportive. He's still supportive. He was on the Netflix documentary yeah. recently. Um, we you know we see him at the big fights in Vegas. Um, thank goodness. I mean, that was a lot of fun, but those it was different. I mean, now when I go to Vegas, and maybe it's because I'm not fighting, but you walk through the casinos, big fights happening, and and you don't have that same kind of energy. Yeah, like, Tyson brought energy. Like it was just a buzz. Like yeah, the minute you landed in Las Vegas, like ten, you know, ten days out, it's just buzzing, and the whole, yeah. everybody's talking about Tyson fight, Tyson fight. Um, yeah, it was, this is, it was different. Yeah. Well, and I mean, boxing was not that boxing's like dead or anything, but it was way more at the peak then. Like everybody watched boxing. Um, boxing and everybody watched Mike Tyson. You didn't have to be a fight fan yeah. to be interested to see Mike Tyson or yeah. Vander Holyfield, um, you know, Lennox Lewis, there was Chavez. Well, back then were just so good. Yeah. Like they were so, they were all like dog fights. That's, the, the big difference. I think they were just so more, much more action-packed and entertaining. Like you knew some nine times out of 10, somebody was going to get knocked out or knocked down. And that, you don't expect that now. Yeah. It's just yeah. not something you see often. It's more, right. um, I, I don't know. They box more now instead right. of like stand <laughs> We'll just say that. First, the safety first and yeah. real fight game. Yeah. It's not the same as it was back then. I don't think, but um, after that fight, though, you did also become the first female to appear on the cover of Sports Illustrated 1996 issue titled The Lady is a Champ. How did it feel to be to be on the cover of a magazine? I mean, I've been in the paper, but I've been in a magazine, but never on the cover. So how was yeah. that? I mean, that's Sports Illustrated. And yeah. if you're like, you know, my age, Sports Illustrated, are you kidding me? Yeah, that was, it was um, they called me like three weeks before it was going to come out and told me that. If no one died or nothing crazy happened, um, I was going to get the cover. And so I like every morning I'm watching ESPN Sports Center, you know, reading the newspaper, always keeping an eye on what's happening in the sports world. Um, yeah, it was really exciting. I, I, I don't even have words for that one. Yeah. Oh, it, it's Sports Illustrated. And it was the cover. I mean, it wasn't right. just an article. It was the cover. Right. Um, so phenomenal. Uh, Last Bell Boxing also says, isn't it a shame that Clarissa Shields has to come to the UK for a big payday? Have American fight fans bought into female boxing? Have American promoters got more you do to promote female fighting in the States? Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's a shame that we have to go over. And it's been that way for as long as I can remember. Even when I was fighting. I always wanted to fight overseas. The girls that had the belts over there. Because that's where the... Not that there was a lot of money. But that's where more money was. It's always been that way. Like they always get paid more overseas. Right. Well, I think, you know, um, yeah, I mean, Eddie Hearns over there doing big shows. Um, they're getting, it, it, yes, yes. There's more interest overseas than in the United States. And I think it's just, you know, it's our sports fans. Number one, boxing as a whole has, has slid. Yeah. Men's boxing also, I don't think we don't have the viewership that we did. Um, and the, and this, the United States just hasn't bought into women's boxing yet. 
uh, Mexico. Remember, I mean, Mexico, all the machismo. These are these are the great Mexican warriors. Yeah. They're now putting women on as main events in Mexico. They do. That would, to me, that would be like the last place you would expect that now would be supporting women's boxing. But they're supporting boxing. They're supporting yeah. real fights. Boxing, period. Women are going out there and, and putting on good fights. So they're they're being rewarded with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the rest of the country. I don't know about our country when when or if women's boxing will ever be like taken seriously. Yeah, I agree with that. But speaking of the Mexico, I was nervous. My second fight with Mia St. John when we had the rematch, when she wanted the rematch in Mexico, I was nervous to go to Mexico because boxing was so big in Mexico and me being the challenger coming in her defending champion. And I knew she had a really good relationship with WBC with the Suleiman and all. And, and so I was nervous going there, but I have always said, and we'll say till the day I die, my best experience as a fighter was when I went to Mexico. We was there for 10, like 10, 10 days out. We had to do, you know, the public weigh-ins and the pre-fight weigh-ins and all the interviews and the public workouts and all. We, I never did any of that here like ever. So it was nice, the exposure that we got over there. Not to mention, even though I was the challenger coming in, I couldn't go anywhere without people, like everybody knew who I was. I could go anywhere in the States and maybe have a handful of people walk up to me and know who I was. Like it, it wasn't common that people knew, even when I was in my prime, like people, unless they were from my town and knew I was fighting, most people didn't recognize me. But there, everybody, like you couldn't leave the hotel room. You couldn't even walk out of your room without people stopping you for pictures and autographs. You couldn't go eat. Like I felt like I know what celebrities feel like when they go out and then people are like bomb rushing them because that's how it was. And I was the opponent. So right. I loved fighting in Mexico. Um, and they treat everybody fairly there. I mean, I, we were the co-main event. Um, actually, it's right there. Edgar Sosa was the main event. The poster's right over there. Um, Edgar Sosa was the main event, but yeah, I love fighting in Mexico. They treat everybody awesome over there. Right. And the whole funny thing is, um, I was supposed to fight in Mexico in, um, 1996. I think it was, it was uh, the Chavez, uh, Miguel and Hill Gonzalez fight. And, uh, at that particular time, the country of Mexico would not allow women boxing. Oh, wow. So, and that That's was surprising. even after, that was even after the Gogarty fight and everything. So King was going to put me on, uh, you know, in for Mexico, and, right. and no, it was no, and it, it like he Don ran King was at the fight, but they would not allow it to happen. That's crazy. And yeah. Don King was at the fight when I fought me. I didn't get to talk to him. I didn't get to meet him, but he was there because I remember when I sat down because uh, my husband couldn't go with me, so I had Chevelle Hallback and Nate Campbell went with me. To the fight and nate was there like before the fight night because she all couldn't come out the whole time so nate came out and he like worked out with me and did all that um until chevelle came like a day or so before the fight and then she cornered me but i remember going back i don't know it was like round three or something sitting down and i like was looking into the audience and he was like second or third row you can't miss him i mean right. you can't miss him um but yeah i thought that was awesome so he actually watched me fight once I didn't get to talk to him. Right. But maybe he would, maybe, maybe he would recognize me since he saw me in person and I won. So yeah, in Mexico. So that was, that was a plus. Right. Um, but yeah, that's surprising. They didn't allow it over there. 
Yeah, but I mean, it was back in the '90s. It was it was a long time ago, and women's boxing had just. I mean, we just had had the Gogarty fight, so yeah. women's boxing was really kind of starting to kick way, off. way young. Yes. Yeah. I mean, um, of course, there are many, many before me that have been doing it for a long time. Oh, yeah. So we were just like getting it to that next level, and it was still, still in that. New yeah, level. you were just lucky enough to be the. There were many, many before you. Yes, yeah. um, and I've I've interviewed several of them. Um, but the, you were the one that kind of hit the fireworks where it kind of exploded and, and got a little bit of exposure. Nobody else really right. got any exposure prior to you. I was in the right place at the right time. And yeah. given the opportunity was ready, ready to go. Yeah. Ready to go. Yeah. Um, another interesting one that I have to ask you about, um, that I always, it, I always ponder about it is the fight with Leila Lee 2003. I need to know how much did you really weigh when you fought Layla? <laughs> you did not weigh 159 pounds. No, I left my hotel room weighing 147. Yeah, and then I put on some uh, some boots and stuff, and yeah, and you probably put some weight, weight in your pocket. Weighed in army fatigues, yeah. took total army fatigues, and I had a couple couple little stuff in my pocket, and we we bumped it up there too i think it was 1596 something like that so yeah so she officially yeah. weighed in at 162 you reportedly weighed in at 159 um which i knew was and i've always looked back at that fight and i'm like well she probably outweighed her literally by 30 plus pounds by the time fight night came um yeah. tell us about the fight though do you believe that had you been the same size as her it would have been a different fight if there wasn't a significant weight difference i know there was a lot of bad blood between you you guys got into it at the weigh-ins a lot of pushing yeah, you know what? It, it's funny because i was just actually talking to a friend of mine um this morning about layla and um i, I think layla and i were both in a bad situation we were in bad relationships we were we had we were just we were probably both angry just a different kind of angry you know yeah. uh, pissed off at everything yeah and, and we were able to take it out on each other for a minute as far as the promotion for the fight plus i mean we, we had to sell it we had to sell yeah. a fight you know um so the bad blood yeah i think it was some bad blood of course because we both said things that were pretty nasty um but now we're we're good yeah i talked to her uh, she helped me out with that i was doing a thing for chrissy's champs and she donated a a signed belt and, and some spices and stuff that she does. Yeah, her little spices belt. and stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, the fight, she's a big woman. Yeah. I, she's a big she woman. She's, That's why when I, when I saw that you were fighting and I knew you didn't weigh 159 pounds, I mean, I know because I'm a fighter. I mean, some people probably were like, oh, 159. Yeah. Yeah. I knew you didn't weigh no 159 pounds. Um, but I mean, she's way bigger. What I mean, what, what, why did that fight even happen? I'm trying you know to what? I'm going to tell you, this is the fighter in me. Cause, and I believe it until today. Um, I really thought I'm going to hit her like she's ever been hit before. Yeah. And my punching power is going to, it's going to go, it's going to be okay because she's never been hit with some, somebody like me before. That's right. what I thought. Yeah. And, and the thing is she hit me the first, uh, the first fight and at the first of the fight, I thought she would jab, stay on the outside. So probably my mind was a little relaxed when the opening bell sounded. Yeah, I think she was going to box. Yeah. She came right over, cracked him with a really good right hand. First 10 or 15 seconds of the fight, probably. The fight was over. The fight was over. I was done. I was knocked out on my feet and couldn't. I, I thought I was walking sideways. I could never get regain my balance. 
totally knocked off my equilibrium and and i just was never able to get it back together yeah um, i took a knee the first time and thought okay I, i'm gonna be okay i'll get it back i'll get it back and then you know i, I couldn't i couldn't and i i continued to try to fight her off and she was just too big and i just right. I, I kept thinking i'm walking sideways yeah so, you know i took a knee and um it's the worst 10 seconds of my boxing career i don't want to say the worst 10 seconds of my life right but it, it was the worst 10 seconds of my boxing career and if i could go back and and relive that 10 seconds i would i would rather thinking straight i would rather her knocked me out and they had to carry me out than to stay on the knee and basically quit and, yeah um, not basically that's what i did and i just am not a quitter but um well and i wouldn't consider it quitting i mean I've had, I've been hitting the ear drum, just like you're talking about. Um, and when your equilibrium is off, I mean, I finished the fight um, too, and I still think I did pretty well considering, but once, once your equilibrium is off, your whole body is off. Like everything is off. And I mean, I still have problems with that today. Like tying my shoe, my ears will pop and bubble and I get lightheaded. Um, if I sit up too fast, it's never been the same, but so I don't consider that you quit. You just, there there was no point in going back out there just to get like maybe f hurt really bad yeah yeah but that's what we would sign up for i know i mean i would have tried yeah i mean i can't say so, I so i clearly you know i wasn't thinking i wasn't thinking clearly or i would have never stayed on that knee had i been thinking clearly i would have i would have fought to the end up. yeah so i was already i definitely had to be a little woozy or something was going on I, I don't know you know it just sucks it just sucks i was like oh my God. and and the thing is when i took the knee the first time her cut man cassius green actually got in the ring she should have been disqualified, disqualified. at yeah. a particular moment and had that happened had the referee and he's my buddy uh or he was at the time um freddie steinwinder the third if he would have just disqualified her then maybe we could live to fight another day and yeah. you know something else happens and who knows yeah uh, but you know that was the plan that was yeah that's the well way i mean yeah Come, she had to have been at 30 40 pounds heavier than you fight night i mean there's no doubt about it there's no doubt about it and people always i always try to say like i don't care how big they are about and i've sparred with <clears throat> even men obviously that are way bigger but the weight does make a difference it really does make a difference especially when they're leaning on you and laying on you and it makes your whole body tired like you wouldn't and she's so tall I mean, she's so tall. She's I'm, I'm, you couldn't even I'm barely a little bit under five four. You're five she, four, and she's she, what? What is yeah, she? Like? Five ten? Five eleven? Yeah, six foot. Yeah, she's six up foot? there. Yeah. yeah, that's a big reach. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was an interesting one. Um, yeah. But 2009, though, you beat um, Dakota Stone. You got your WBC Super Welterweight title. Um, how did it feel to to have the WBC World Title? Yeah, it was, you know, it was awesome. It was great to get that opportunity. We actually fought in Rochester, New York, uh, kind of sponsored by the International Boxing Hall of Fame a little bit. You know, they were involved. So yeah. I went up there and trained for like a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, it, it was fun. It was interesting. Um, some of the, the Hall of Famers were there. Uh, it, was, it was it was great. It was great to get the, the WBC belt around yeah. my waist. Yeah, um, because I don't, you should have had lots and lots of belts, but back then it was hard to fight for belts. 
they didn't even exist, you know, yeah. in 1996 when I started. They didn't um, at that level. The WBC, Jose yeah. Suleiman gave me an honorary WBC title, but they they weren't sanctioning women's fights. They weren't you know ranking women. There was there was no no women's organizations. No, none at all. It, but it, it's okay, you know. We gave it a shot in the arm, and that's why uh, that's why they're all out there today. Yeah, true, true facts. Um, speaking of a little bit of outside the ring stuff, can you tell us when did you, so when you first met Jim, when they took you, when you went to the gym for training, um, tell us a little bit about how, how did the relationship start? I know that he was very controlling, abusive throughout your whole relationship and career. Um, tell us a little bit about that and the stuff that you had to go through just in everyday life. Yeah. So, um, I went to Bristol, Tennessee to, to meet up with Jim and get this training. And, and it was one of those things where I trusted him. He was, he was a lot older than me. I was very open with him about my life and th my past. And, you know, I just, I wanted to, um, yeah, I wanted to learn how to box. At this point I was like, no, I, I want to learn how to box. Still not thinking that this is going to be a career. I just, I really went there thinking I'm going to do this for probably about six or seven months. Yeah. I'll go back to West Virginia, get a teaching teaching job because that's what my degree is in education, and um, you know that'll be my life. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, that's not the way it happened. I end up getting into a relationship with Jim, and a lot of that was getting into a relationship with him, just to make everybody else in my life, in my life, and my family happy that oh, I'm in a relationship with a man, and um, I, I don't know. One thing led to another. I, I actually, I, I feel like. I married him, but I really married boxing. Yeah. 100%. I mean, boxing well, and a significant age difference between the two of you. Yeah. And it was just all, all that really we did was boxing with either my career or, uh, you know, the amateur team. That was always something just around boxing. So that went on and, and, you know, he was abusive in a lot of ways. Like he's my husband and my trainer. But he would make me weigh three times a day. Like you would have to get on scales first thing in the morning, get on scales when I left the gym, which that's kind of normal. And then before I went to bed, but that's overkill. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, it was, it was just little things, you know, he would always control who I talked to on the phone. If, if a certain person called maybe a business type person, he would tell me what to say to them. He would tell me how to, ask them something or what, to, you know, it was never about like my thoughts, even though yeah. they were talking to me they were talking to you, but you know, you I, and I would tell him, you know, my mouth moves, but his words come out. And um, right. that's, that just kept on. And finally, as my career was over, I mean, I had the drug addiction and, and going through all this stuff and, and then my career is done. I'm just, now I can go, I can get, I can get away from him. Yeah. Throughout my career, he said, if you ever leave me, I'll blackmail you. I'll, you know, I'll tell the world you're gay. I'll, I have these pictures. I have these videos. I have, you know, all this stuff I'm going to do to you. Um, and then, you know, he had told me actually, even before I married him, that if ever I leave, if ever you leave me, I'll kill you. And at 21 years old, I thought that was just, that's just, you know, talk. That's just yeah. whatever. And then, sometime in this relationship and, and I always say, I don't really know the exact moment. Right. But sometime I knew this is the way it's going to end. 
Yeah. And then when it ended in, in 2010, when I left and he said, if you leave, if you leave, I will kill you. And I told him, do what you have to do, Jim. I knew that when I came back home, he was going to kill me. Yeah. And um, you know, that's what he tried to do. Yeah. So, by the grace of God, you know, he, he stabbed me a bunch of times, punctured my lung, uh, shot me, missed my heart by three inches, uh, cut me up, left me for dead. I mean, he literally left me for dead. Yeah. Um, but by the grace of God, I got out of there and got got to the hospital. And here I am today. Yeah. Um, the other day, and I was when I was doing some research, not that I didn't already know your whole entire life history, um, but still like going back, just like reminiscing some stuff. I watched a couple of the videos, um, the one you did specifically, the one you did with Teddy Atlas, where you went into like detail of the entire, like from the morning all the way through the entire thing to getting to the hospital. It had me in tears. It really had me in tears. Um, just terrible, terrible. And the fact that you knew it was going to happen, but the fighter in you, I mean, there was no point in running. It, he, it was, it had to end somehow. Right. Right. I, and I, I said, you know, I'm either going to live through or die with what he's going to do. I mean, I'm not going to run the rest of my life. Right. And, and I, I speak for domestic on domestic violence awareness and it's hard. I have to be very careful um, because I don't want other women to think the same way. Right. But this is, you know, this is what because I, that's to. a dangerous, that's a very dangerous path to take. Yeah, it's, the um, wrong path. it's the wrong path. And right. And I mean, you, that was just a fighter and you like, I'm going to fight him and I'm going to face it and I can beat him or I can win or I can beat this. But yeah not everybody is that lucky right so that's not the right choice always to take no. that path um, especially when you're speaking on it but yeah yeah and i'm sure a lot of people ask you that well it worked for you so maybe that but that's not always the case and you're very very lucky being stabbed multiple times shot in the chest um your legs was cut up even being able to get up to get out after sitting there for what like over an hour before right. you even were able to get out so that was just a once in a lifetime miracle is what I would consider that anybody else probably would have been dead. No, I, that's why when I woke up in the hospital, um, I said, God left me here for a reason. Yeah. And I really do believe that that's true. And that God, my, that reason is to help other people. And the way that I can help other people is by talking about domestic violence and making more people aware, um, that domestic violence isn't just about the bruises. Yeah. Even though my in mine ended very physical, um, leading up to that, it was it was more control and, and yeah, mental, emotional mental abuse. Yeah. 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 Well, he was though sentenced to 25 years in prison. Um, do you have to still or do you still speak to him at all? Or is that completely cut off from your life? Or do you even worry like when he gets out? Hopefully he'll be dead by the time he gets out. Yeah, he'll be like 91. I think when he you know, his 25 years are up. That's the good thing about Florida. It's 25 years day for day. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I say often that he'll probably live to be 91 just so that he could come out and try to kill me. Yeah. Or, or, you know, the longer he lives, the more that I have to fear that he's going to get out. Um, he also would tell me that if I don't kill you, I can, I will have somebody else to kill you. So now I'm a little more relaxed, but for the first couple of years afterwards, 
I was just always looking over my shoulder and, and really still scared. Yeah. Um, not that I don't in the back of my mind sometimes think that I'm an easy target out here um, because I do. Yeah. I, I do still have that thought come through my but mind. I'm sure he had, I mean, obviously everybody has some kind of connections, but hopefully not none that would be that crazy or stupid. Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah. But I want to answer this one question. Answer it. Go for it. Do do I think that Clarissa Shields? What do you do? I do I think about Clarissa Shields saying she could beat Keith Thurman? The Keith Thurman will knock her out in one round. Keith Thurman would knock her out in like forty five seconds. Um, I don't understand women that want to talk about. I mean, this is an elite fighter. Thurman is an elite fighter. Thurman is not some guy off the street that's never boxed before. There's no way in hell that she or any other female would be Thurman. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just, that's just the facts. Yeah. And she's talked about, she would knock out Triple G. She's talked about, well, knock out this person, this guy, that guy. She don't even knock out women. How the frick is she going to knock out a, a man? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't know. Oh, I can say it's Clarissa and I'm working with her promoter a little bit. So I'm sorry. I'm going off on this Dimitri, but listen, she couldn't knock me out. Like maybe today because I've had a stroke and I'm brain injured and I have all this shit. I'm 55 years old. But in my time and her time, oh man, easy work. She said, she said easy work. I mean, mm -hmm. I think it's, I don't understand why she continues to call out men. I really don't. And I mean, I granted, yes, yes. If you're an elite female and then you're an elite male, it's the same thing we talk about every day, or at least I have been talking about lately with people with um, biological males competing in women's sports. No, they need no. to have their own league separate is what they need to do. No woman, and it's a proven fact, no woman, even on the same elite level and ha can have the same amount of awards all this shit is going to beat a male. It's not going to happen because biologically they are built different and they're just stronger across the board. So it's not going to happen. Now, granted, <clears throat> if it was some Joe Blow off the street, same size as me, guy doesn't know how to fight. Yeah, I could whoop his ass. If it's somebody who has the same kind of experience as me and is an athlete and fights for a living, they're going to kick my ass because they're freaking stronger. They're stronger. Yeah. Um, but same thing. Yeah. I know I, people are always kind of like tug dancing around that subject, but I do not think that biological men, I don't care what you, I have no problem with anybody being what they want to be at all. But if you were born biologically a male, I think that they need to make their own separate league for all of those to compete against each other. It's not fair for them to be taking away awards, gold medals, um, trophies, and shit from women who've worked their whole life, and now they can't ever win because they're going against a born male. It's like this. I look. If you want to transition, that's one hundred percent. I support you one hundred percent. If that do what you want to do, I'm okay with it. But but listen, when you make decisions in life, it could be all kinds of decisions. Yeah. Right. My decision has been to be with a woman. Yeah. With that, I gave up some some things. Yeah. We have a child. I mean, I know that you can adopt and all those things, but to biologically have a child is not happening. Okay. When you transition, there are things that you have to give up. Yeah. 
And, and, and I truly believe that competing in sports might be one, well, is one of them. You cannot, yeah. you cannot just, you just can't do it. It's no, just, this is not no. right. And that's why I say, if they want to let that happen, then like every other sport making men's basketball, women's basketball, make a league specifically for people who transitioned that way. It's fair. There's enough of them. They can have their own league. So why not? That's just where I sit with it. Um, and I don't, people will probably get mad at me or whatever, but it's not fair. It's not fair. Um, let's see. I know there was another question I missed. Big Justin James. Um, oh, about the key therm. But then he said, Christy, out of all the women you fought and sparred, who do you think punched the hardest? Well, we already know the answer to that. They all hit hard. Everybody hit picked hard. on me. Everybody picked on me. Little Christy. Like I was like this short little, not so skinny, but you know, a short. <laughs> and uh just this this coal miner's daughter from Southern West Virginia. And everybody, you know, everybody picked on me. <laughs> I don't know. Um, everybody hit hard. I think everybody like, Layla, I would assume out of all the people you fought in the ring, Layla probably was the hardest hitter because she was so much bigger. She was she was she was strong. You know, um I tell you what, my wife Lisa is strong as shit. I mean, she's she's strong. I can she's agree strong. with that. You you know, anybody that really watched my career, you never saw me box except against Lisa Halloween. Yeah. And I box. I never stood there and went toe to toe with her and I actually I actually to me I showed a little boxing skill, a little speed, a little combinations, movement. I mean, yeah. I used my brain and not my brawn that night. Yeah. Facts. That's yeah. facts. Um, yeah. You've spoken also about, you mentally briefly, briefly mentioned it. Um, for those of the, that are watching, though, that going through similar situation, becoming addicted to cocaine, um, which I believe Jim was the one feeding that to you probably to keep you under his wing or control you a little bit more. But can you tell us a little bit how the addiction started and how you overcame it? Yeah, it was, it was just crazy because I have been one of those people all through my career. Um, I'm not going to stay in my career broke and addicted to drugs. And I ended both. I ended my career on both notes. Um, he brought in a baggie of Coke and, and basically threw it down on the, um, coffee table one day, you know, so-and-so at the gym said he's quit. And so he, this was his, his uh, way of showing me, he, he brought this Coke to me and gave it to me. I'm at, and, and now I know that was a whole setup thing. Yeah. Um, and so I let it, I, I actually let it sit there on the table for a day or two. And then I mean, I'm miserable, I'm miserable. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go do this. And, and then I was just, Oh, this is pretty good. You know, I, I like this high, I like this feeling. Um, Got a little more. I got a little more. And it was just like I started Thursday. I mean, no, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then I'll be back in the gym on Monday. And then it became Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then it was all the time, all the time, every day. Um, I would be up for days at a time, take pills to go to sleep. And then finally, after about three years, I just, I was walking through my house and looked in the mirror and was like, you look like an addict. And then I'm like, no, you don't look like an addict. You are an addict. And, and at that point, I mean, it still took me a couple of days, but I, I, I got my shit together. And yeah. I, and that's when I told him I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and no problems. I mean, you, you've definitely overcome it and no problems with it. So 
for all of those out there listening that are addicted, you can beat it. Um, and I think that especially cocaine is, is so much um, mental addiction. And I, I, I'm pretty sure that the studies show that it's not really physical like some other drugs. Yeah. So, but it, it definitely is, is mental. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, let me get back to the comments before people get mad at me. Hold on. <laughs> Christy, your story is amazing. I watched your documentary on Netflix. Glad you're here to tell your story. Um, wow, Thank you're you. so brave. Um, she's 14 and all with two KOs. Who are we talking about? Oh, Clarissa. is that talking about Clarissa? Yeah. 14 and all with two KOs. Yeah, only two KOs. She talks about that a lot, though. But then why do you say that? How can you say that if you've not got two people? And then she says, oh, if she had three-minute rounds, she would knock more people out. I knocked out 31 people in two-minute rounds. So, um, And, well, I started at, actually my first of my career, I did fight three-minute rounds. And somewhere along the line, it, it transitioned into two minutes. But, look, if you are gonna if you can knock people out, you're going to knock them out in two minutes. You don't need three minutes. No. Um, well, you still have 10 rounds. Yeah. So that's still a lot of time. That's still 20 minutes. If you're going to knock somebody out, you're going to knock them out. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. Um, I think th I heard they're going to do an exhibition or something for charity. Yeah. I mean, I just read that this morning. Um, Clarissa? I read it this morning. She tweeted that she's officially in training camp for Keith Thurman. And I know he said they were asking him about it yesterday or I saw a video yesterday and he said he didn't, he never wanted to fight a woman. He thinks it's ridiculous. Um, but if she wants to do it for charity, he would like to give money to his charity. So he would do it for charity, but he wouldn't, he said he would only use his jab. I, I work, I work some with Thur one of Thurman's guys. I'll have to give him a call and find out. About yeah. That. He said, well, see, yeah. Let me know if it's official. He said, if he did it though, he would only use his jab. Thurman's getting ready to fight a big fight. So I don't, I, don't, I can't imagine he's even anyway, considering anything like that. And, and it could just be all media. I mean, you know how yeah. that is. That could just yeah. be out there. We'll see. Um, going back to mega fights, we're talking about mega fights. Um, 2005, you were supposed to fight Lucia Riker, titled Million Dollar Lady, which would have been like the biggest fight in women's history ever. It was canceled due to Riker having a ruptured Achilles during training. Why did the, why did the fight never get like re rescheduled like what tell us the story tell us the skinny like why did it not happen did she not uh, fight you or what i mean what happened i i called them i called lucia's people um after it was canceled and and asked would they please reschedule it and they told me they would get back to me i'm still waiting for them to get back to me um, <laughs> they never called at all they never That's called me back Never call me. And, you know, I, I said at the time that Lucia Riker could, could, can never fight again unless she fights me. Yeah. And she never fought again. Yeah, and I did. really, I really believe, and I've tried to, I'm trying hard to let go of that animosity that I have for her. But um, I, I believe she didn't fight because not that she was injured. I believe she didn't fight because she didn't know she could beat me. She right. had been with everybody she had fought before. She knew she could beat them. Yeah. I don't know if I could beat her or not. Yeah. But she, I, and but I could live with that. Yeah. 
I could live with it. I wanted to see if I could beat her. I right. wanted to see if she could beat me. Yeah. But she wasn't built the same. She, she wasn't couldn't take that she didn't have it in her back pocket. She was a hundred percent sure she was gonna win. Right. So she, she thought it wasn't worth the risk. We'll just right. retire. Right. That's that's what I think. That I mean, that's very possible. She never did fight again. Never um, fought again. I am supposed to have her on the show later on um, in the year. I will ask her if she keeps her word and comes on. Right. Um, but I'll, I'll ask her that question and we'll find, we'll see if she'll tell me. She probably right. won't, but we'll see. Um, okay. So, and I've always talked to my husband about this. The only fight that you ever had aside from the Leilali fight that actually bothered me. Um, and I never asked you this in person, but I guess I should have since I see you now, but <clears throat> the rematch with Mia St. John, our one common opponent that we have, um, you lost the unanimous decision, which I know for a fact you shouldn't have lost that fight. Um, even at one point, dropping your hands to let her repeatedly just hit you over and over, showing that she couldn't hurt you. Um, but tell us about the fight. What happened? What yeah, happened was, with that was, fight? So I, I don't remember exactly when we fought. Was it August, maybe? I think um, so. It was your last fight. I, I didn't write down the date, but it was your, yeah. that was for your last fight. I, yeah, so I had had a stroke. Uh, about eight months before. Before that? And yeah. I had a stroke in June when I when I fought Dakota Stone the rematch. Yeah. And they stopped the fight with 50 seconds to go. And I was ahead on all the cards. Um I went in to have my hand fixed. My hand was broken in nine spots. They uh I had a stroke while I was uh, under for surgery. And of course the doctors told me never get hit in the head again. Um it was too dangerous, blah blah blah. I'm a fighter. I wanted to get to the 50th win and I felt like Mia was a safe opponent to, to get to that 50th win. So I, I was real close to having a stroke. I had had a stroke not too far before. And I had just finished up the trial with Jim Martin and it was too much. I mean, like, I feel like if it would have been a few more months, even with the stroke, it could have been a better performance. I was, it was terrible. I mean, I don't even watch it, but I've seen clips and I'm like, Oh my God, that's, that's like, it's just embarrassing. And, and it's, it's sad because why, I mean, I, I, I did it, but why did my people let me do that? Um, right. Well, why didn't they, yeah, like postpone it or you're not ready yet, or maybe we should wait. A and we actually longer. postponed it once because I used the trial as the, as the excuse um but really it was the stroke um i didn't i didn't let of course the commission in california didn't know how to yeah, show they wouldn't let you fight it I, I use the same brain scan because i you know in california i think it's good for three years yeah so i was able to use the same brain scan um yeah it was just a dumb decision so but yeah it, not it, it was arrogance arrogance in me that there's no way even even after having a stroke and on my worst day mia's not gonna beat me yeah. So when Mia did beat me, um, I took, I immediately, you know, retired and, and am done with boxing as, as that being a fighter. Yeah. And even in my heart, you know, or my mind, I don't know which, some days I still want to do it. Um, yeah. And I've gotten a lot of offers to do like the celebrity boxing stuff and, you know, all the, all these yeah. old time fighters are coming back. Um, but I, I guess I shouldn't. She said, I guess I shouldn't. <laughs> um, I say that every day. I shouldn't. Um, 
But yeah, no, that was the only fight I, other than the Ali fight, and it really and it's always bothered me. And because I knew something was wrong, I did not know that you had a stroke. I didn't know about the hand surgery I, um, and all of that. But I knew there was something wrong. Um, but she couldn't knock you out. I mean, you sit there and let her hit you like 20 times. Yeah. Yeah. Which probably wasn't the best thing to do, considering you had just had a stroke. Right. Probably not. Um, <laughs> it probably wasn't a very good idea. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, it was crazy. But then, and then, then Mia said, like she came out publicly and said that she had used steroids and during that time. Yeah. And I'm thinking, Mia knew I had had a stroke. She so did. She did know. And um, I'm thinking, you knew I had a stroke and you still cheated? I mean, that's kind of shitty. That is kind of shitty. And uh, she did come out with a big article about how she used to use steroids. And and I've, let's see, I've, I can't remember. I fought her. 2009 is when I won my belt against her in Mexico, but I had fought her before that. So that was 2010 when you fought her, I think. No, it was a little, it was um, 11 or 12. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe she was doing, I fought her. I rematched her. I want to say like a year, like two years after our first fight. Yeah. I want to say, um, cause I was a replacement fighter to fight her the first time when she fought in Indiana because Rita Figueroa who was my stablemate got hurt like three, four days before the fight. Uh, and day. just so you know, I love Rita. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't even, I don't even know. I can't even remember for sure. I don't think we ever met no, each other. Not met. I just had Rita on last week or the week before. And I told her that you said, Hey, cause I told you I had Rita on, which is why I missed the show last month. Cause I didn't want to reschedule her. Um, and I told her, you said, and she's like, Oh my God, I love her so much. Like I've never met her. And I said, you should come down to one of the country box fights. Absolutely. And yeah. like, I might do that. So yeah. I'm going to, I was like, I'll give you all the dates. Like when she tells me, like, I'll let you know when the next one is. Cause she always yeah. tells me when the next one is. Yeah. Well, um, so August 8th, of course. Yeah, and then August we have September 8th. 5th. September next, 5th is the next one. So. September 5th. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I'll have to text her and tell her when that one is. But um, yeah. yeah, she said she has never met you, but yeah, she's, she feels the same way. She's great. Yeah. She, oh, I trained with her. I started yeah. with her in the amateurs at Windy right. City Gym in Chicago. Um, yes, but she was originally supposed to fight Mia, and then she tore her rotator cuff, had to have surgery like three, four days before the fight. And I was fighting at light at, at featherweight, and that fight was at lightweight. And I was like, I'll just weigh in with my clothes, so I know the feeling. <laughs> so right. I'll just weigh in with my clothes on, put some weights in my pocket, which is how I made weight for that fight with Mia St. John the first time. Right. Um, but when I won that fight. Um, Mia went on and on about it was a hometown advantage and did I'm like I'm not even from Indiana and I was a replacement fighter so how did right. I and she came out with one in a million which was the promoter's name on her outfit and I'm like the fight was for you like nobody else here like this was the Mia St. John show right. <laughs> like everybody else was just on the guard um but yeah so then she wanted the rematch in Mexico um, but it was great to beat her in Mexico and take her belt so right I was fine with that um but yes, Rita's great. <clears throat> but that awesome. fight always bothered me. She makes me smile all the time. Yeah, she, and her post, I mean, her most yeah. is amazing. I love yeah. her post. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully one of these days she'll get her butt up here for one of the fights. Because I told her, you, I said, I go, now I try to go every once a month and I see her at the fights. So I was like, just come down. She's like, we drive through there sometimes to go visit family. I'm like, well, then you need to make a trip on one of these dates. Right. 
So hopefully one of these times she'll get up here and she can actually meet you. Um, but I see, I said we can all hang out in Nashville. Yep. Like, not like your birthday though. No, no. <laughs> not like that. Um, I think, let's see, I'm, if I miss anything else, WBC is looking at starting a transgender league, I believe. Thoughts on that? I think that's fabulous, Michael. They need to. Right. If I, I do think they are thinking about that, talking about it. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, if everybody's you know, equal, if everybody's that, on equal playing field, then it doesn't matter. I mean, right. playing field. It's even playing field. I think they should. Um, and it's it's kind of funny that people mention that now, and I didn't realize it so much. I guess so. Um, but I just had um, Kyle. Dur Oh, what is his name? Somebody just mentioned to me that I think it was my second fight. I fought a girl named DJ Morrison. Second or third fight. D I said, he sent me a message. She froze. I said, is she froze or did I froze? Because I'm not in there. Uh, one of okay. us. But anyways, girl that I fought, her name was DJ Morrison. And I always thought she looked extremely manly when I fought her. Um, she fought me in a wife beater and a pair of basketball shorts and a pair of tennis shoes. Um, but I always thought she was manly. But now if you go on my record, it says David Morrison. I know that I know that person. I don't know that person personally, but that person that you just said, David Morrison, reached out to me for um, to make a fight for him. And really? he told me he told me that he had so many fights before as a woman. And right? Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I, I can't do that. You know, he wanted me to match him with a guy, but. I, you know, I, I didn't want to get that. I didn't, I didn't, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a small time promoter. I didn't need that criticism or scrutiny or any. Yeah, any but it's, I didn't realize it until, um, somebody mentioned it to me. Um, Coyote Duran, the guy that does the drawings for the internet, the hall of fame, the guy that does all the drawings, he just drew a portrait of me and he wrote an article like, he always writes articles about the people he draws and he wrote like a little spiel about me. And it said she even fought a man when she was, when she was fighting pro, when she was actively fighting. And I'm like, well, I know it looked like a guy, but right. nobody told me it was a guy. It just said DJ Morrison. I didn't know. I mean, but it looked like a guy, but a lot of people back then, a lot of the opponents looked manly. So that wasn't uncommon. To right. like wonder, <laughs> is it really a girl? Right. Um, but yeah, now it, it says David Morrison on Boxrec, yep. on my record. <laughs> so wow. apparently, 
they transition one way or the other. I'm not really yeah. sure which way. Yeah. Uh, but I guess, hey, I, I won. I knocked, <laughs> I knocked him out. There so that was good. I won yeah. my knockout. Um, I always ask everybody on the show, and I'm sure you've been through a lot of it, but we've all been through a lot of bullshit in the male-dominating sport of boxing. Can you share some of the things that you had to go through in your career um, that you just shouldn't have had to deal with being a female in the in the sport of boxing? I think um, I mean, one of the most disrespectful, hurtful kind of things, like hurt your pride. Um, I, I fought in Punta Gorda, Florida, and they put me in a janitor's, literally a janitor's closet to change. Oh. And, and uh, like there's water in there. It's mops and brooms and buckets and and uh, so I think it was like you know it hurts your self esteem you know yeah. it's like it's so disrespectful um, yeah so yeah. that was that was one of the crappy things yeah. Um, yeah back in the in the nineties there was somebody's actually the Carbajals wouldn't let me train in their gym in Phoenix I went to another gym. Um, in Phoenix and trained. Uh, after that, I, you know, became friendly with Michael Carver Hall, but uh, yeah. So I've had, I mean, it wasn't easy. And no. these women that are doing it today, they, they just don't even take a minute to think about us that broke down a lot of walls. Yeah. And then of course the ones that came before us made it a little yeah. easier for us. Um, you know, yeah, I talk about that. I mean, and that's why when when um, Talking Fight reached out to me about doing the show, <clears throat> I'm just so busy with the kids, um, my kids, um, things like that. And then we own a barbecue business. Like we're always doing events. Like I'm, I'm always busy, and it's so hard to find time to like write out the shows, like research the fight. Like it takes a lot to do a podcast. People, like people don't realize it. I mean, or at least for me. I mean, maybe not for everybody. But I put a lot of work into it because I want the shows to really be good and ask questions that people would want to know. Um, so I put a lot of work into it. Um, and I'm just like, man, I just really don't have time. But then I really got to thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm like sick and tired of fighters today not giving dues and respect to past fighters. Um, because I don't care if you were in the ring once or you were in the ring 80 times or 100 times women of today did not make women's boxing there would be no olympics period without all of the trailblazing fighters that came before them um i didn't make women's boxing i was just a small part of it um you didn't make women's boxing there's people before you but we all paved a way paved a path and put a little brick down to kind of build the road and build the road and build the road to get to where it is today even though it's not equal yet um they're getting more exposure they're getting the tv time they're getting more money um they can actually work full time and not have another job or you know fight full time and not have another job where we had to be moms uh work a nine to five go to the gym whenever the hell we could until whenever time we got off and go to sleep and do it all over again because we fought part-time not full-time so there was a big difference i used to always tell people I can't imagine the fighter I would have been if I could train and just train like, th like that was my job. Like I went to the gym two, three times a day and that's all I did. 
and had a nutritionist and like all this shit. I can't even imagine the fighter we would have been if we had that stuff. Like, like we had a couple hours a day training. That was it. Cause I worked all freaking day. And then I had kids that live with me at the gym. Um, so it's just what it was, but that's why I decided to go ahead and do the show because I wanted to bring on people and have them tell their stories, tell their journeys. One, it helps future fighters, you know, little kids, people that look up to past fighters. Um, but nobody pays tribute to past fighters anymore. And the, and the re one thing that bothered me the most is people always ask females now, like in interviews, like who was your role model or who did you look up to? Or and they all say male fighters. That pisses me off to no end because there are like back then, granted, there wasn't a lot of females to look up to because there really wasn't any that were known. So I can understand back in the day, not giving a name, but now like there are thousands of females that came before this generation. There has to be somebody that you liked or that you looked up to or thought was a great fighter. Like you could, or just thought that, Hey, wow, if she could do it, I could do it something you know, i didn't have that person like I, right. I had never seen i didn't even know women box professionally when i did a professional fight right because they didn't ever expose it so you know it was a different time now yeah. it's yeah yeah but that's why i decided to do the show so i'm like you know what i'm gonna put on all these people have them tell their stories to the world this is a nationwide platform it's nationwide um but just to tell their stories and hopefully some of the fighters start watching and they're like oh yeah, because we all built women's boxing. Every single person that has been involved built it. Not one person. Um, and I just don't like it that it, I feel like it gets disrespected. All the past fighters get disrespected and overlooked. That's the problem. And that's why I did the show. Right. Cool. Well, thank um, you. Yeah, but um, speaking of today's boxing, in your opinion, how has the landscape of women's boxing evolved since the early days of your career? You know, I felt like we were on a real upswing at the end of by by the end of my career, or especially by the end of the time with Don King, which is 2001. And then, you know, then we talked about the Riker fight, so there was still a interest, a little buzz. Yeah. Um, then it dropped off, I think. Yeah. And um, even Layla didn't. You know, she. I don't feel like Layla had the same love for boxing that I have for boxing. She she loved it. Her father had done it. She wanted to be a boxer. She was a champion. Um, but it was just another pawn in her life. She was just yeah. another another avenue. She was really going to something bigger for her. Yeah. Where she has, you know, she's like a big and acting and all the other stuff that she does. Yeah. So um I, I think I, you know, after so after she was gone. Then, then there was just a, a really a lull in, in boxing. Yeah. Then, um, you know, women started boxing as in the Olympics, so people start talking about it again. And Clarissa Shields, great, great for her. She was a great amateur. She she won two gold medal medals. Awesome. Um, but I really, you know, to carry it into the pros, it's been hard. Part of that is because the United States just doesn't really support women's boxing. Yeah, I mean, well, let me say this. I was actually in the garden when Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano sold the garden out, put on a fight that lived up to the hype. Yeah. And, um, you know, that 
fight had to energize women's boxing and kind of yeah. take it to the next level. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know where it is. Yeah. I think we have, we have more names. We have a couple promoters now that are putting females on, yeah. uh, on a regular basis. But the pool, the talent pool is still very shallow. Yeah. And, and, and there I think um, this boxing probably maybe forever. Yeah. There's just not going to be enough females that are going to want to get hit in the head for a living. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there are a lot of up and coming ones now that are newer on the scene. And I know there's a broad um, USA boxing team. I mean, if they choose to go pro with it, I mean, a lot of times amateurs don't ever go pro. Um, they just stop once they're done. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess time will tell and we will see. We will see what happens. Um, what advice would you give to the aspiring female boxers who are looking to make their mark in the sport? Stay true to you. Keep good people around you. And even though you think you have good people around you and people that you can trust, you have to keep an eye on your stuff. Yeah. I mean, whether that stuff is your money, whether that stuff is how you're moved, how you're marketed, how you're trained in the gym, you still have to be in control of you. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I can't remember who all it was, but I know throughout your career, you've been a role model inspiration to many, many fighters. Um, and several have told me even you're the reason they started boxing um, after seeing you fight. How does it feel to know you've had such a positive impact on so many other lives? You know, I don't think that I realized that until like further away from your career you get, I, I guess you start to be, maybe you feel that people appreciate you more or yeah. appreciate you a little bit. Uh, so you start to think, I start, I've just recently started to think, wow, you know, this fight with Gogarty, it did make a difference. I yeah. mean, it really did change the way that women's boxing is perceived. Um, it did open up a lot of doors and, and I think it's really cool that female fighters or, and even sometimes I get guys that'll come to me, you know, yeah, I love watching your fights on the Tyson cards and you know, you're the, really the reason I started going to the gym. So I mean, it's, yeah, you know, it's awesome. Strokes your yeah. ego a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Boost the ego get a little bit there. Um, but it's so funny. And I tell, I tell my husband, he laughs at me all the time, but like when I met you at the inductions, like, it's like the first time I met when I first met Chevelle Hallback at, at, we fought on the same card in California is the first time I met her. And then we became really good friends after us. Why she went to Mexico um, and all that. But the first time, like to me, like me, meeting you, you're almost like, you don't even know what to say. It's because like, to me, like you're a celebrity, like to me, it's like you're an idol or you're famous. I don't know to me because like, you. you were so good, big in women's boxing. But I can remember when we went to the inductions, like I was so nervous to go up and ask you, like, can I, can I get your, can I get your autograph? Can we take a picture? And my husband's like, just freaking go talk to her. She's just a person just like you. And I just don't see it that way. I guess. I don't know. It, to me, it was, it's different because it was me, like, I don't know, looking up to you or whatever, but uh, yeah. I, I appreciate that. But, but let me, I, I think the reason that maybe I caught on a little bit in the nineties, I feel like the fans and then 
you know, because of fighting on Tyson's cards, it was like yeah. not just boxing fans that, that were exposed to the to my fights. It was just sports fans or just people, actually. Yeah. Everybody watched Tyson. Um, I, I think people, and this is who I am, they, they know that I'm just the person next door. Yeah. Nothing special. You know, I don't have any built-in fan clubs, any built-in fans. You know, I just, I'm just next door. I'm just your neighbor. Well, you are. And I mean, I know that now that, I mean, I've met you several times now, like we've been in, um, in person several times now. So like now I'm comfortable talking to you, like, just like you're just another person, but at, you know what I mean? I'm sure there's somebody you looked up to or one of the guys or the first time you fought with Mike Tyson, or like you said, when you met Don King, like you just get that nervous gut feeling like, well, what do I say? Or I don't want right. to be stupid or like, I don't know. What should I do? Um, it's fine now. Like I'm fine now with you, but you know what I'm saying? Everybody knows what I'm saying. I'm not crazy. <laughs> uh, I'm just pretty, I'm pretty simple. So you are, you are, um, you're you're an amazing person for sure uh but you just never know that though when you're first meeting somebody and a lot of times i have met a lot of people um that i looked up to or whatever and they're just assholes absolutely so absolutely. you just don't know it breaks your heart it breaks your heart because you're like so excited to get yeah. to meet this person and then you meet them and you're like oh my god what an ass yeah 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 so i mean i've been on the end of both end of that both ends right. of that story um that's i mean i try to be be nice to everybody that wants to meet me not that i don't have the fan base you have but still um let me see back to where we were at um tell us about when you first met lisa i mean we talked about it you guys fought um in 2001 um and then i think briefly you guys started sparring after that tell us about how two rivals in the ring ended up being soulmates yeah um yeah she decided she was gonna come to one of my fights that I was promoting in Charlotte and um I'm like yeah you know come on down we, we were talking on the phone a lot and I was she was calling me like every day and and I was kind of I was flattered but I, I didn't know why but yeah. then when I, I saw her I stopped at, I went to the airport to pick her up and I'm like oh wow she's really pretty I didn't ever really looked at her like that or thought, you know, we were always sparring or fighting, you know, yeah. it was competition. So um, just kind of one thing led to another after several bottles of champagne. And um, yep, we, we've pretty much been together since. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I just think it's so awesome that you two fought and then yeah. ended up together. I mean, that's just like a dream come true, I guess. Two fighters. Yeah. I mean, you guys have the same the same path, same journey, not same journeys, but lots, lots in common. We'll put right. it that way. And it's fun. You know, we, we both have a love for boxing and to get to do the promotions together. And, and, um, you know, she supports that she supports the domestic violence stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. She gives me lots of encouragement. She's, she's definitely the glasses half full person and I'm the glasses half empty. The world is crashing. Um, you know, this is never going to work out right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to take on more of her thought because yeah. I, I do believe if you think positive, positive happens. Yeah. So it's I, hard to do. I, it's hard. And it, I'm it's the same hard. way. I'm a half empty. Yeah. I'm a half empty. I would consider myself a half empty. Oh, I always yeah. think the worst. Me too. My husband's always like, why do you always think? I don't know. 
because I like to see what, like, I want to see, like, what the bad side could have been. So I'm prepared. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I'm, uh, I don't know. That's just the way it is, I guess. Um, but after retirement, though, we were just talking about Christy Martin Promotions. Um, you've been very successful with that, along with, I, I think you do training with some fighters and stuff. But tell us a little, tell everybody a little bit about that part of your life and how, how do you like promoting versus fighting? Like, is that, does it give you the same rush or is it not just not the same? it's it's definitely not the same you do a lot of work work your butt off and um you know at the end of the night usually i'm the only one that doesn't get paid um but you know i i feel like the promotion part of it is exciting in the fact that i want to be part of some young fighters journey to get that belt to put you know put that wbc belt around their waist yeah. and and they can hopefully they'll look over and say christy we appreciate that you helped me do this yeah um that's what i'm hoping to accomplish as the promoter um so it's, it's hard it's hard yeah. it's too much work i i loved i loved my job i loved being a fighter i i love training i love being in the fights i i loved it all yeah well i mean big question that i'm sure a lot of people ask you and i've personally asked you this before and I know the answer already, but in case people in the in, listening want to know, why no females on your card very often? Well, you're right, but you know, I just had a card Saturday. I know, I know you did. I said that's why often. Yeah, with Melissa Hernandez and Carla yeah. uh, Torres, and it was a great, great fight. Um, Melissa got upset, but Torres put on a hell of a performance, and she's a really good fighter and a really good person. I, I enjoyed the time with her. Um, it's hard to put female fighters on. Yeah. It's not that I don't want to, or that I'm against it. It's just for the same reason, big promoters probably are not doing it. Um, it's expensive. It's hard. It's a hard, if like at the last minute you lose a, an opponent, Trying it's hard to, to find an opponent. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of get held up. I mean, guys hold you up, but like the women can really hold you up because yeah. they know they're very, it's very limited options. So that's really why. I mean, yeah. I mean, I sure if I could find that one female fighter that was had a little bit of swagger, you know, a little, yeah. little dog, a little bit of I want to knock you out. Um, maybe, I, but even then, I mean, you have to pay her, and then you have to pay opponents to come in. It's just it's expensive, and I'm not. I don't have. I don't have a big sponsor. I'm not Eddie Hearns. I don't have deep pockets. I don't. You know, it's it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to I find it. it. I get it. I just, I know I'm not the only one who probably thought that question. So I would just kind of clear the air with it. Um, I knew the reason behind it. Um, and women just want a lot of money now. And not yeah. that they shouldn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't, and not that they shouldn't get more money. It's just, I think they're expecting, they're expecting too much money too fast in their careers is kind of part of the problem. You got to kind of build to that. It, what I, I think, Every fighter has to understand that it's about who puts butts in the seats for the promoter. Yeah. If the promoter doesn't make enough money to cover the bills to put the event on, then no one's going to get paid much. Yeah. Um, but if you're a fighter, male or female, and you can sell tickets, trust me, believe if there was a woman in Myrtle Beach where I've been doing shows that could sell tickets, she'd be on every show. And yeah. she'd be the biggest purse. She would yeah. have headline the show and be on the biggest purse. If there was a male fighter in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, you know, that could sell it out 
he's going to be the one. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just business. Yeah, it is. Um, well, speaking of the Melissa, for, I missed the fight because I was working. Um, you said it was a good competitive fight. I know Melissa lost, I think, a decision. Um, I think I saw her post that she lost a decision, I think. but So what, how was the fight? The, the fight was very good. The, the scoring was a little crazy. Yeah. Um, one judge had it like 59-56. It was a six-round fight. And, when it, and then the, the other two judges had a, a little close. It was like I remember, but their, their scores were closer. But when that first one came out at 59, 55, 56, whatever, uh, I thought Melissa won. Yeah. E even though in my mind, I'm like, this fight was close. No one should have won at that score. Right. Um, but it came out that Torres won that big and on all three cards. So it could have been a draw, really, then. I mean, it was that close. I, I think it was um, – I need to watch it again. You know, yeah. I was right there, but at the same time, there's people asking me questions and I'm getting distracted yeah. and, and not paying 100% close attention. But yeah, it was a close fight. Yeah. No one, no one won 59, 55 that yeah. I know. Okay. Is it on, is it anywhere you can watch it now? Countrybox247.com. Countrybox247.com. Okay. Yeah, okay. Just I don't listen it. to the commentator because the commentator was a total ass. Um, just watch listen to the commentator yeah <clears throat> okay yeah because i want to watch it um because i wasn't able to watch it when it was going on but i will watch it and see what i think too um but it was good that it was a competitive fight um, yep. and, and maybe she can fight again over there who knows we'll see but yeah, yeah. It, i was super excited i was like damn i want to go to that one but we had an event we had events i there was no way i could go um yeah i mean i messaged you i was like damn why can't that one be in Nashville? <laughs> because right. I don't want to go to that one. Um, I don't know. Maybe you could talk her into coming to Nashville. It's funny because I actually had had mentioned to them about um, fighting on the Nashville card, but they yeah. don't know they wanted to come to Myrtle Beach to my card. So. Well, damn it. They need to come to Nashville next time. Yeah, maybe they'll do a rematch in Nashville. Yes, make the rematch in Nashville so I can be there. Right. Um, so you were, um, we I talked about this in the intro though. First female inducted into the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame 2016. Um, you were one of the first women inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame in 2020, like the first time ever women were allowed. Um, you've been inducted, I think, if I'm, I might be wrong, but I think six Hall of Fames now, one of which was the International Women's Boxing Hall of Fame that I met you at last year. Um, is that right? Six total? I think so. Okay. Um, well, how does it feel to finally, like, like we were talking about all your hard work pay off and really be recognized in so many different hall of fame organizations, like giving you these awards, like, that's awesome. I mean, I'm only in one, but I, I mean, six, that's, that's phenomenal. And especially the first one in the international boxing hall of fame. That's, that's huge for women. It's, um, it's pretty unbelievable. You know, it's. It's, um, yeah, now that, you know, you get older and, and you look at things a little differently. So yeah. I, I do feel like people appreciated my career, whether they, you know, whether they thought I was a good fighter or not, doesn't matter. They feel like yeah. they, they had appreciation for, for what I did. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, and everybody knows you, I mean, and for that reason, um, Tell everyone, though, a little bit about your book, Fighting for Survival. 
Um, I have my copy, everybody, right here. And um, mine is autographed. But if you want an autograph, I know you can buy one. And I'm sure Christy will tell you where you can get yep. it. Um, yeah. There's mine. Yeah. I got it at the inductions last year. So yeah. tell them about your book. Where so we have today. a book, Fighting for Survival, written by Ron Borges, who, you know, boxing fans remember from the the 90s the 80s you know he's been around a long time with the boxing globe i mean the boston globe covering boxing yeah. um he's written a lot of books he, he contacted me and asked me would i be interested in, in doing a book with them and i'm like yeah I, I you know i've had a lot of people contact me i've talked to them and nothing's really ever panned out he said well where are you gonna be in a couple weeks I'm, I'm, i have a show going in florida so he flew down to, and met me in daytona um we talked about doing the book and really I remembered him from the, my fight days. So we, we kind of hit it off, knew a lot of the same people, knew a lot of the same stories, a lot of the same places. So yeah. it, it was, it was fun. It was hard. Um, there were many days that we talked and I would go to bed after yeah. we were done. Cause it was like draining heavy. Yeah. Um, but but it was good. And Ron's a Ron's a great guy. I I told him he's stuck with me for the rest of his life now. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Um, and you can buy it on your website. Christymartin.com. You can buy the book. Um, and I will autograph it and mail it out myself. Yeah, personally. It won't be like a stamped one. I mean, no. I got mine autographed in person. Sorry, guys, but I mean I was in person and watched your autograph it. But yours will be autographed too in person. Like she'll it will really be her uh Yep. Not a stamp. And I do it and take them to the box myself to the post office. I have friends at the post office now. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure you've been to the post office just about as many um, times as you've been at fights lately. Yeah. Um, looking back on your career, what is the legacy that you hope that you leave behind and what you want to be remembered for most? I mean, I, we know what you are, but what do you want to be remembered for most? That I fought hard every time out. That I gave it my all. I didn't. I, I've cheated on a lot of things in my life, um, but boxing was not one of them. You know, I haven't always. You know, now if you consider dieting part of boxing, I might have cheated on the diet. But I really <laughs> I never cheated even, on my sport. What is dieting? I don't yeah, even know. I never cheated on my sport. I was. I, I. I always trained as hard as I possibly could. I ran as hard as I could. I. Um, I did the best I could with the diet. I, I don't, I didn't have that person. I didn't have that dietitian at home taking care of me like that, but none of us did. I don't think. Yeah. I, I really, yeah. I loved my, I loved my job. And so, yeah, that's what I want people to, to realize that I would, um, or remember that I gave it my all bell to yeah. bell. And you did. And you did. Um, is there anything else that you want to let the world know or talk about before we wrap it up? I know we've been here almost two hours and you're probably like looking at the clock, like what the hell, <laughs> but is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? Just that, um, you know, look, look for the book on, uh, Christy Martin, Christy Martin promotions.com. Yeah. And, um, support country box over in Nashville. We're doing yeah. a show every month. Uh, countrybox247.com to watch the show but if you're in nashville come and check us out at the um texas troubadour and i will uh, be there next tuesday um with christy so y'all come come down next tuesday if you guys are in the nashville area absolutely you can and tell everybody you know camp has to tell everybody hi hi Chan.
He's been asleep on my lap the whole time. Hi, oh. baby. I'll see you Tuesday too. Champ will be there Tuesday. Yes. I love I love Champ. Champ is my little buddy. I know. He's with you everywhere. Always. So he's more he's like more is he more attached to you than Lisa? Uh, sometimes I think that, but you know, he wants her attention all the time too. So I have to tell you a quick story and then then we can go. Like so we went into the post office today. We go into the post office today. I had to mail out some stuff to one of our fighters. And of course I have Champ in his little sling bag. And and the lady says to me, she's kind of hateful. She says, Is he a service dog? I said, Yes, he is. And she kind of like didn't believe me, but yeah, he isn't. So because well, he doesn't is he? No, not not yet, but he's gonna be. He's not yeah. old enough yet. But so she kind of gave me that little remark, a little snide remark. And I said, yeah, he's keeping me from going postal on you. Of course, we're at the post office. And I thought it was funny. She didn't. But I was like, you know, she was kind of a bitchy. So I gave it I back. thought that's hilarious. That was good thinking, though, right? That was awesome thinking. Oh, yeah. my God. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's that. So yeah. Well, because she didn't have on the service dog like fat. yeah i don't think dogs probably. are probably some people are just a-holes yeah i mean i mean there's dogs everywhere now and 90 percent of them aren't service dogs right like, get over it right. and he's so little so what's he gonna do bite you right i mean he might he is a champ yeah he might you should teach him you should teach him to uh like stick him or something like when people are assholes like that where yeah. you just like say a command and he'll like just start barking and go nuts at him. Right. No, he's already crazy a little bit nutty sometimes anyway. <laughs> well, he's a handsome little fella, and I'll see him on Tuesday too. Yes, you will. All right. Well, I appreciate the time. I didn't mean to keep you this long, uh, but I appreciate it. Teach him to attack ankles. I mean, <laughs> do that too. Um, I appreciate your time. It's been truly an honor. I will see you next week though. Yes, ma'am. All right. Have a good, good night. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everyone, thank you so much for joining me tonight on No Punches Pulled with No Mercy. I hope you all enjoyed the show. Um, Christy is an amazing, amazing person, um, fighter, champion, all, all of the above. Um, please do like, subscribe, and share the episodes. Tell everybody about the show. Tell them they need to be here every Tuesday night and see who's going to be on the show every week. Spread the word. We need more people in here commenting, commenting. For those of you that commented today, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for asking your questions. Thanks for letting me know you're here. Um, everybody that didn't, I appreciate your presence um, just the same. Um, there's a donate button down below if you guys would like to donate. It goes um, directly to me and my show. Um, but yes, big shout out to Last Bell Boxing, Big Justin James, Tony Issue, um, I hope I didn't forget anybody. Uh, Michael, of course, um, for commenting. But thank you guys so much for being a part of the conversation. It makes it more fun um, that way. Um, also, though, follow me on social media. Um, you can find me at, of course, No Punches Pulled with No Mercy. And then my second page is Brooke No Mercy Deardorff Millbrook. Um, follow those two pages. I always post prior to the show who's going to be on and give you like a little description of who's going to be on each week. That way you always know how ahead of time who's going to be here. But then thanks, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me um, tonight. I will see you all again. Same time, same place. 
Um, actually, I might not see you next Tuesday. I will post it. If I do, it might be a pre-recorded show because like I was just talking with Christy, she comes to Nashville once a month on Tuesday nights and puts on a fight show in Nashville. Um, and I've been trying to go to those when she comes to town so I can see her and just support the box, just support her boxing um, shows um, since I'm not very far from there. So I may have a pre-recorded show next week. But either way, if you follow my pages, I will let you know so you know if it's going to be pre-recorded or if I'm going to skip next week um, and then come back in the following week. But hopefully I'll see you all same time, same place next week, every Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on No Punches Pulled with me, no mercy. But remember, until then, punch hard because nothing else matters. Good night, guys. <laughs>